Vox Quick Hits. I'm Eliza Barkley, Vox's science, health, and climate editor. This April, our podcasts are teaming up to cover some of the most important issues threatening life on Earth. From sustainability to biodiversity to straight-up cool things about the natural world, we'll focus on our planet and its limits in episodes throughout the month. Tune in to Today Explained, Vox Conversations, The Weeds, Unexplainable, Worldly, Future Perfect, and Vox Quick Hits. Want to listen to all the shows? Find them at vox.com slash earthmonth. Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome back to What to Watch, where we tell you what you should watch this weekend. I'm Emily Vanderwerf, and I'm the critic at large for Vox. I'm Melissa Wilkinson. I am Vox's film critic. This week, Mother. And yes, that's just the title, Mother, with an exclamation mark. Mother! So, Mother came out in 2017. It is directed by Darren Aronofsky. I would describe this film as an immersive theater experience gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Alyssa, how would you describe this film? Uh, That's a really good moniker for it. I, When I wrote about it in 2017, I had just seen it at its premiere, and I'm going to quote what I said, which is, it is a, (laughs) well, I can't believe I wrote this, a mad fantasia of fire and water and insanity, a spinning flaming plume that is not here to make you like it. Um, You know, I'm not wrong. It's just a lot of words to say that it is kind of a horror film, kind of a fantasy, kind of a mystery You know, it's not a movie for everyone, but I think it's a worthy movie for anyone who thinks they might be interested. Okay, so picture this old rambling house. It's in the middle of a field. There are trees, there are beautiful plants around it, but there's no road leading to the house. In the house, there's a young, beautiful woman living there. She's played by Jennifer Lawrence, and she is the mother. She lives there with her husband, played by Javier Bardem. He's much older. He's a famous poet. Uh, You could call him the artist, perhaps. And he has a pretty severe case of writer's block. The mother doesn't yet have a child, but she is really, really interested in restoring this old house. Then one day, a man shows up, played by Ed Harris. He's a stranger. We're just going to let him sleep in our house. The next day, his wife shows up. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? She's played by Michelle Pfeiffer. They start being really intrusive in the house, just like weird guests asking questions that they don't really have any right to ask, making themselves way too much at home. And then more people start showing up. First, the couple's sons show up and some really bad stuff goes down. And then after that, the artist writes a book. It becomes a bestseller and all of his fans start showing up at the house And oddly, like the others, they don't seem to be able to leave. They keep crowding the house. It's getting more and more crowded, and it's getting more and more wrecked. And through all of this, Jennifer Lawrence is getting very, very upset. All right, so in order to really explain this movie, we have to get into some spoilers. And yeah, we don't usually do that on this podcast. But if you haven't seen the movie and you plan to watch the movie, this would be a good place to stop. And then after you watch it, you can come back and hear us explain it further. Um, Otherwise, you can keep listening. 
So the mother is pregnant. She's going to give birth to a child, and she does. And then things go very, very wrong. The child is abducted and eaten by the fans who refuse to leave the house. Uh, Things just keep getting worse and worse. An apocalypse happens at the end, and the house burns down. But the one thing we already know from the beginning of Mother and that recurs at the end of Mother is that this is an occurrence that is happening over and over again. So we know right from the start that this woman is not the first Mother, and she probably won't be the last. Mother can be a really confusing film if you don't know that there's an allegory underneath it. So here's how the director, Darren Aronofsky, described it in an interview. We are all living on this one planet with one mother who gave us life, and how do we treat her? It's also an allegory for the Bible, and it does have a lot to say about how we treat the environment and the earth. Here's here's the thing. I hear from a lot of people who watch this movie and say, I didn't get it, but apparently didn't realize it was an <laughs> allegory. I feel like you can't watch five minutes of this movie <laughs> And not realize it's yes. an allegory. They're named like the artist and the mother. Like, I mean, come on. It is one big metaphor. I mean, early on, we discover that there's sort of this creator dynamic between the artist and the mother. We discover that, you know, maybe maybe they're like two sides of God or something like that. A lot of this is still left up to interpretation. But it also works on another level, which Aronofsky was very eager to present to people, which is that um, I'm just going to quote him. He said that I sort of wanted to tell the story of Mother Nature from her point of view. So Jennifer Lawrence's character also is supposed to be Mother Nature, or maybe you could think of like Gaia, kind of the Earth Mother goddess, who is overrun with people who refuse to pay any respect to the place, um, to her life, to the life of the people there. Um, There's one terrific scene that no introvert could ever forget when all these people have overrun the house. They won't go away. They won't clean up after themselves. They won't take care of things. And two of them are sitting on a sink that's not braced into the wall and they bounce up and down and the sink falls out. And it's just like they're wrecking everything. Stop doing that. Don't do that. Stop. Stop doing that. And Aronofsky thought of this movie as using the story of the Bible as a way to tell a bigger story about humans not caring for the earth. You know, I often don't like when like artists explain their movies or TV shows. But in this case, I like that he's giving his preferred interpretation because I feel like anyone can watch this and come away with, with some new thing about the movie. Um, by the way, my wife, the world's biggest introvert, had to nope out of the movie at the scene when all the people <laughs> come into the house. She's like, no, this is, this is not for Truly me. a horror movie for introverts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, you know, like this is kind of Darren Aronofsky's thing. So how does this like fit into his filmography overall? Does he frequently tackle these sort of uh, environmental themes? He does, actually. I mean, I think there's two notable films to think about with him. One is a movie that came not long before this, which is Noah, in which he used the biblical story of Noah. And by the way, Aronofsky says that he doesn't particularly believe in God, but he's clearly fascinated by these narratives. And for him, the story of Noah is also a story of 
people wrecking the earth and God having to come in and hit the reset button, essentially. It's very interesting to watch in tandem with Mother. He also had a film called The Fountain, um, which takes a reincarnation view of life. But it, too, is about how human life seeks to preserve itself and how sometimes our alienation from nature keeps us from being able to do that effectively and how in order to survive as a species, uh, we need to find the fountain of life by coming to be one with nature and with the cosmos. I love the fountain. Uh, It's, I would say, far more difficult uh, to interpret than even a movie like Mother. But he's definitely really interested in these ideas and the tangling of ancient narratives, spiritual ideas, and environmental concerns. Darren Aronofsky is also, if, if you want to lift it from the environmental sort of point of view, he's also extremely interested throughout his filmography in the ways that women or the, the feminine more generally are sort of ground up by masculine male energies. My yes. favorite Aronofsky movie is Black Swan. Woo-hoo! And that is a movie that is very much about that. And I think uh, Natalie Portman in that film exemplifies everything he's sort of going for in all his films. But he's a filmmaker... Mm-hmm worth grappling with. And Alyssa, do you mind if I offer my interpretation of this film? Please. I've been really getting into paganism and ancient earth religion traditions in quarantine. Not like, not to the sense where like I've erected like an altar or something, but I like I'm interested in them. I'm studying them. And this movie really strikes me as like a sort of weird representation of like older earth religions Mm -hmm. or just like things that were very connected to the turn of the seasons and nature and the year getting wiped out by, Mm -hmm. in essence, religions that maybe have good things in them, but have been turned into capitalistic, colonializing, destructive forces. I don't know of any religions like that, but it could happen someday. (laughs) Like that's a thing that could happen. It's hard to imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So so I read this as a a real like clash between paganism and organized religion in a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. fascinating ways. Alyssa, though, what makes this movie worth worth watching? What are the things about it that really shine? One of the best things about this movie is Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem's performances. So I, I hear they were nominated for Razzies, Boo. but I think that Jennifer Lawrence in particular is fantastic. She's always good, but this is one of those movies where she gets to play a whole range and it's really good. Um, And also she's basically playing an idea, which is never easy for anyone to do. And I'm also captured all these years after first seeing it by the production design of the film. Like the whole movie happens in a house and it is not easy to create an epic story of the universe inside the confines of one boring, ordinary house. But the film does it really spectacularly to the point where sometimes you don't know where you are, but it actually makes it better. As all these characters arrive and the house keeps getting more and more full, somehow the camera keeps finding new places to go and the house continues to look like something that's being swirled into oblivion. It's really, really fascinating. Alyssa, uh, where should you watch this movie and what's the time commitment? Mother is two hours and one minute long. So it's pretty pretty standard length for this kind of a movie, but it'll feel like you've covered the epic sweep of history. And you can rent it on all kinds of digital platforms like iTunes and Amazon Prime and Google Play and YouTube and all of those. So how do you think that this movie syncs up with the classic uh, children's animated series, Captain Planet? Because I think very well. <laughs> I think that they should be programmed in a festival together. 
That is it for this week. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. We're going to be talking about all of the movies nominated for Best Picture in a world record speed run. And if you have a question for us about what you should be watching, please email us your questions. Nothing is too specific or too general or too weird. We will tackle it. Email our producer, Taylor Macon. That's Taylor as in Taylor Swift. May as in the month. Can as in soup can. Taylor.Macon at voxmedia.com. Remember, no question too big or too small. 